Thank you for coming to Ghost Light. I'm Hello. Chase. I'm Lena. Welcome. And today, Lena, what episode? What what are we covering today? We are covering the Biograph Theater today, and this one was prepared by Leah Husky. The Biograph in Chicago. Yes, it's in Chicago. <gasps> um, Another close to home. Mm-hmm. Do you know with what building this is? Victory Gardens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victory Gardens. I've been there. Have you been there? Yes, I have. What show did you what see? What show did you see there? <laughs> you go first. I've actually, well, the most recently I've seen. Um, oh, she's been there more than once. <laughs> How to Defend Yourself. When was that? Where was I? Why wasn't I with you? Did you invite me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I went with um, Kat, actually, or she got me Aww. the ticket. I think I did, did invite you and you did didn't you... want to go or you couldn't go or something. Yeah. <laughs> so That kind of tracks, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about? Um, it's about these students who like take a self-defense class after it's uh, a sorority like sister was sexually assaulted. Mm. And so they take this self-defense class and it's good. There's, that sounds like a 90 minute no intermesh. Yeah, I think it was. I'm looking What else up, did you see there? Wait, now I don't remember. That's the, I saw something like a long, when I first moved here, which is like sad. Oh, okay. I should, I don't know why I haven't seen more at Victory Gardens, but. I don't know why either. I've only seen one play and I loved it mm-hmm. and I loved their programming, mm-hmm. like their after show programming. I saw mm-hmm. Letty there and it was, and they had an awesome like talk back after and the theater's gorgeous. The lobby's gorgeous. Everyone's super nice there. I don't know why I didn't. I know they do have great, I love pl- uh, theaters with great like talk backs and. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And that theater has a really cool history from what I, I know of it. I mean, what yeah. I know of it isn't like, I don't know, like, like the mobster side of things which is i think where we're headed but i do know about some of its history with regards to like like chicago riots during like the democratic national convention when it got like really bad oh yeah right right and they would house anyway. people or they like took people yeah. in yeah um yeah yeah anyway it's an interesting it's an interesting history that we're going to talk about shortly i can't wait but how are um, you i'm doing good i'm doing real good um how are you i'm good um yeah, yeah. Kind of like gloomy over here, or some like there's just not fall is coming. Yeah, fall, fall is, coming. is coming, which I ordinarily would be excited about, but I'm nervous for winter during co- quarantine, like during COVID. Yeah, it's gonna be a bitch. I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll ha- it will already be. I think this episode is coming out October. Oh, okay. Happy so October, we'll be in the throes <laughs> of fall, of autumn. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was walking around this morning and it is currently, we're recording this on August 18th. Um, I was walking around on August 18th, let it be known, listening to my Halloween playlist called It Is Upon Us with little (laughs) pumpkin emojis, uh, living my fall fantasy at like 730 in the morning and I almost came home and decorated for Halloween. Oh, wow. I mean, it's not that. Oh, I forgot about September. I was going to say it's it's next month. It's at the end of October. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's at the end of October. So. It's two and a half months away. I do think I'll decorate on August 31st. Like a solid two months away. Yeah. Yeah. Because in quarantine, it's all I have. Yeah, time doesn't exist in quarantine, so. No, and also get your jush. You know what I mean? Yeah, do what makes you happy. Pumpkins and shit makes me happy. I'm going to make my place a little like Halloween cl- club getaway <laughs> moment. So, and that's I know. That's what are we going to do? It's so weird. I don't know. Okay, let's not talk about it. I don't know. No, no, sorry. That came out really short. I did not mean you to talk about it. Uh, No, but I don't know what we're going to do. And I don't know what we're going to do about winter. And I don't know about travel. You know what we're going to do? What? Projector screen outside. In winter. Oh. Forgot we're not in California anymore. We're not in California anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a. I remember that at least six months of that of the year. I am. I am reminded. I know that we don't live in California. I, you know what? I was. I was rudely reminded um, of the fact that we're not in California anymore when I had a deep craving for In-N-Out. Mm. What's your order? Oh, God, I love this question. Um, <laughs> I, I like a cheeseburger, animal style. And animal style fries. Pretty mm. simple. Do you get a shake? Sometimes. Mm. Okay, not a shake queen. Mm-mm. How about you? Um, What's yours? Well, you you used I, to get like two burgers. Okay. Four. Well, I was just about to four burgers. In what <laughs> reality did I get four burgers? I you used to get four burgers in college. What the? You dead ass thought I ordered four burgers because and then remember, what fries and a milkshake with that? Yeah. Well, I remember you um, getting like a plain hamburger, a cheeseburger, one with like no, maybe it was just those two. It was two. Okay. Yeah. I get, I, if you can bite your tongue, I will, I, I will relay my order to you. Um, I like to get an order of fries. A Neapolitan shake. Mm. Uh, a Okay, I'm so plain. It's embarrassing. But I get like a plain cheeseburger, lettuce only, extra toast on the bun. And then I'd get like dead ass like a plain hamburger. Yeah. Like I just remember, meat and bun. See, I remember this. Just meat and bun. And I was like, who, who, <laughs> who is this boy that I have it's really befriended? Weird. Early it's on because, in college. Like, the- early warning sign, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you stuck around, so that's on you. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I, it, it, here's the deal. Here's the logic behind it. You get the plain one because it's tasty. It gets you what you got to go. It's like an appetizer and it's like really like, I'll say light. It's very light. Like there's not a lot on it. So then you usually have room for something like a little bit with some, like, with like a, like a burger with base, like some cheese and lettuce and like, that's it. Anyway, the point is, is I have two of those fries and a Neapolitan shake. And it's incredible. And I actually, Ugh, before we move on from In and Out, let's never I move share, on. Let's never move on. Um, one of my earliest memories of our friendship in relationship to In and Out was being in the car uh, with you, and we were we were in the line at In and Out, and we were singing. Um, I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> what song was it? Is that Nat King Cole song? <laughs> It was L O V E. Oh, it was L O V E. So yeah, we were like, but not just like um, this. Go oh, no, go ahead. You tell it. Yeah. So like we were singing the song, and then we got to the instrumental break, and we we sang the entire instrumental break, but we weren't singing with the track. We just started singing it like acapella. Yeah, I don't know if we were even remember? listening to it. We may have just been full no. on like like acapella singing the instrument literally instrumental. yeah and we were in it was a super long <laughs> it was a super long line freshman year of college super long line in and out acapella we just start going l is fall the way and we started getting into it and then we do the whole like <laughs> like we do like the whole, all like, the band. bells and whistles <laughs> yeah we got through the whole song it was one of the most impressive things and i remember in that moment i was so grateful that i had met people who also knew the instrumental yeah like and in in the same way that i did which is deeply yeah intimately (laughs) um so yeah that's my lena in and out story for you oh for you by you with you because of you thank Mm -hmm. you you're welcome (laughs) well should we get into it yeah oh yeah yeah let's get into it forgot i was leading this (laughs) 
<laughs> so the biograph is in the heart of Lincoln Park, uh, which is a neighborhood in Chicago. And it opened in 1914, um, originally as a movie theater. So it showed films for 90 years. It was a movie theater. It's a long time. I know. And then it was purchased in 2004 by Victory Gardens Theater. So they were the mm. first like live theater to... That was only 2004? I thought it was earlier. Mm-mm. Yeah, 2004. Four. It was... This is wild. It was one of the first buildings in Chicago to have air conditioning, making it a popular spot throughout the 20s and 30s. So people would oh, like cool. go to the movies in the summer to cool off. Yeah. That's trivia right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the building uh, has retained m- much of its original exterior, including its iconic marquee. Um, That's gorgeous. Yeah. And traditional Google ticketing booth. So it looks like an old fashioned like movie theater entrance. It really does. It does look like mm-hmm. a movie theater. Mm-hmm. looks like a Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And I will say, actually, also the lobby does not fit the exterior of the building. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, it does. Because the lobby's like orange, right? It's like beautiful, but it's like, it's like very orange and like there's a lot of lights. Yeah, it's just like much more, mo- it's just a different like design style completely than, yeah, yeah. than what you'd expect. So today the building is mostly known for its storefront theater productions, uh, which we talked about a little bit in the beginning <laughs> of the episode. But um, the Biograph is one of the most famous sites where bank robber John Dillinger was supposedly shot and killed by the FBI on July 22nd, 1934. So is this bank robber a mob person or is he just like a high crime guy? So let me let me tell you a little bit oh. about John Dillinger. <laughs> he rose to prominence during a 13-month crime <laughs> spree where he just robbed a bunch of banks, like dozens of banks and stole guns from police arsenals. So this is, and this is a quote from Leah. He was really charming and hot. (laughs) Plus it was the Great Depression. So people were, yeah, so people were against big banks and government and saw Dillinger as kind of like a Robin Hood type hero, which I'm What was he doing with the money though? What was the, what was he doing with the money? I don't think he was like giving it to anyone. I think he was keeping it. (laughs) But he was hot, so it was okay. (laughs) And there, And therein lies an important lesson, okay? Beauty is a privilege. Mm-hmm. It is. Beauty is a privilege. It is. And also he was like stealing from the police and like government and stuff. Mama, take it all. It's ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ours is ours ours royal we ours. It's the it's the um it's the people's. So mm-hmm. take it, John. Mm-hmm. But okay, so I mean I yeah, and also not to glorify him because I also he was probably not a great guy. <laughs> also, yeah, so also we should set the record straight and <laughs> yeah. say we actually But uh, at the time people <clears throat> love kind of like liked him. Um, he was like a folk hero, kind of. After this, okay. es- so to add to Leah says his badassery, he escaped from prison three. Oh, so Leah times. likes him too. I'm sorry to interrupt. So Leah likes yes, him Leah, too. Well, this is pretty. He's just kind of like an incredible figure. His his. He's just he, like iconic and how uh, how much he can get away with. Yeah. Well, listen. He. Okay. Yes. Sorry. No. 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 <laughs> He escaped from prison three times. His most infamous escape was from Crown Point Penitentiary, where he fooled, get this, over 20 guards with a gun he had carved out of wood with a penknife in his prison cell. Shut up. Yeah, in his cell. This boy really, he really made himself a toy gun and scared the shit out of people enough to, like, escape. You can do, it proves you can do anything with confidence. The power of imagination. Mm Mm-hmm. It reminds me of this movie. What's that movie? Someone makes a gun out of soap, like a fake gun. I don't know. It sounds like a movie and that I escape. would not watch and that you would watch. Yeah, yeah, it does. I don't remember. <laughs> if you know, please write us. Ghostlightctc at gmail.com. <laughs> so after this escape where he um, carved the fake gun, he went 
he, he like got really extreme and got plastic mm. surgery and removed his fingerprints with acid to avoid future detection. So he changed his face and his prints. And his prints, yeah. And I, I, and I looked this up too. Um, and he like didn't like it. Apparently, he like didn't think he it didn't was like different the enough. Surgery? Yeah, he was like, I the look the same. <laughs> yeah. And they filled. Are there before and after? Are there before and after pictures? Not that I saw. Oh damn. Um, but and they filled in his dimple. And they like filled. They like took out scars and like all this stuff. Oh my gosh! Wow. Well, that money had to go somewhere. Now we know where it went. <laughs> went <laughs> yeah. to cosmetic surgery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the FBI put out a cash reward uh, for Dillinger's capture and attracted a tip from a brothel owner named Anna Sage, a.k.a. the Lady in Red. That was her name. Mm. Um, so she sounds fabulous. She does. Um, and she was friends with Dillinger. And so, but she offered... She, she sold him out. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And she offered to help the feds catch him in exchange for the cash. And... How much was well, it? Here, How much was it? Uh, I don't know, but here's... This is like... I feel like the kicker is and her citizenship because she was a Romanian immigrant uh, whose deportation date was coming up. Okay. Well, makes sense. I would have done the same yeah. thing. <laughs> so the feds agreed to work with her and uh, Anna told them that she and Dillinger and Dillinger's girlfriend, Polly Hamilton would all be seeing a movie at the biograph theater on July 22nd. Mm. And she told the agents to wait outside at the end of the film and Quote, don't look for Dillinger. You won't recognize him with all the silicone and Botox. Look for me. <gasps> yeah. Look for me, the lady in red. And the sweet piece on my arm will be Dillinger. <laughs> okay, wait. I want to interrupt here because you know what she could be doing? Hmm. She could. I'm here. I've never heard this story before. She could be like she could have just like turned anyone in and said it was John Dillinger. She could have been like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell my friend, John, but I'm also going to keep my citizenship, going to get the cash and I'm just going to sell my boyfriend. Well, you may be a little <laughs> ahead of the curve. I might be a little forensic file. Yeah. Yeah. You might be because that is a theory. Oh, there we go. I, I'm, I'm writing a book. I'm starting tonight. That I think is pretty probable and we'll get into it later. So that night, Dillinger and his gals, <laughs> as Leah says, saw the film Manhattan Melodrama, which very fittingly was a Clark Gable gangster film. There we go. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love that synergy. Mm -hmm. So the film ended and the three um, left the biograph and FBI agent Melvin Purvis. What a name, first of all. (laughs) Yikes. That's a bad name. (laughs) Melvin Purvis saw them and gave... (laughs) Gave the signal, which was lighting his cigar, which is like just so. Melvin was lighting 30s. his cigar. Yeah, that was the signal. That so Melvin gave the signal to the boys in waiting. Yes, yeah. Who were going to tackle Dillinger? Yeah, so he gave the signal, lighting his cigar, which alerted the rest okay. of the agents to close in. Gotcha. Very thirties. Very thirties. Yeah. We love. So um, Dillinger, realizing he was about to get caught, sprinted down the street and turned into an alleyway, two storefronts down. Dillinger pulled out his gun, ready to fight, but was attacked by an FBI agent and was shot in the back of the head and killed. Yeah. So filmgoers. Okay, Mm -hmm, wait. mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, no. If he was running, it probably was him, right? I mean, I guess I guess I'd run if people were like running towards me and about to tackle me. But if he was running, I feel like he was guilty of something. Right. 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 He probably was probably John. He's probably John. John Dillinger. But again, or he could have just been like scared at like all these 
cops or any yeah, person right. about to tackle them. Yeah. Well, okay. there's well. some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you some more um, tidbits on that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Leah gives us some. I look forward to it. <laughs> um. <laughs> so all the people at the film. They all like flocked to his body to get souvenirs, like ripping buttons because he was like wanted. So they would like rip buttons off his shirt and stole his watch and dip. That's horrible. Dipped their handkerchiefs into his blood. Oh my god! Yeah, isn't that wild? That's disgusting. That's disgusting. That is so gross. But then you know someone. You know someone out there is like my grandmother has. A handkerchief with John Dillinger's blood. Yeah, and blood. I know people today that would buy it. Exactly. Zach Bagans yeah. and his Hacha Museum in Las Vegas, he would acquire that handkerchief exactly. and he would proudly display it in his museum. So maybe it was just um, smart. Good business. Yeah, good business. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was, oh shit, we just got out of depression. Yeah. Better keep this yeah. bloody handkerchief in case I need to make a quick buck. Yeah, exactly. So people simultaneously mourned and celebrated him and his like whole career in crime. And mm. Anna Sage, P.S., never got her citizenship and was deported two years after Dillinger's death and died shortly after. So and they that screwed is the her. American over. government. Yeah. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. Yeah. What's her name? Anna um, Sage. Anna Sage, lighting a candle for you tonight. That's fucked up. I know. So that completes the history. So it's a very kind of a lot happened in this building. Yeah, absolutely. This has a storied past. I love it. Phantom <laughs> of the Megaplex. Oh, another Ooh. decom you probably haven't seen. Oh, but, I thought you made that uh, up. I was like, that's so impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a writer. Uh, okay, should we get into the haunting? Let's get into the hauntings. So the haunting, as you might guess, a lot of it involves John Dillinger. Mm-hmm. Even though he was shot two doors down. Yeah, and this, again, I mean, continues to bring up my constant nagging question of ghost laws and rules. Mm -hmm. Can they die somewhere else and haunt? Well, because, like, that was a pretty traumatic, like you said, what's the thing? What's the residual haunting or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so with Olive Thomas, I was thinking that, like, she had so much time spent there that, like, there would be, like, room for her to have, like, residual hauntings there. But if, like, John Dillinger, like, if this is, like, his first trip to that movie theater or, like, you know what I mean? Like, nothing traumatic happened in that space for him. True. Do you know what I mean? Well, some more. He's also seen outside the theater. Okay. Like, on the okay. sidewalk. Uh, you know what? Here's what we do. Let's hold. Let's hear this ghost stories. And then we can talk about it being John or not. Okay. Okay. So, right, so... Shortly after his death, people began reporting ghostly apparitions near the Biograph Theater. Mm -hmm. And they started seeing a misty male form, this is a quote, misty male form on the sidewalk in front of the Biograph. And they said he was moving quickly towards the alleyway where, um, like, repeating Dillinger's final steps. So would they just see, like, every once in a while, they just see, like, some, like, ghost man running? To the alley. I guess so. I mean, that tracks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Some people say they see a figure actually in the alleyway um, where And not he just was like standing outside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just like running. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. Um, and then Leah writes, maybe he's just trying to, wants to like spook the intermission smokers from the theater. <laughs> he's like, stop smoking. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's kind of cool. I mean, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Right. 
Yeah. I know. But I never go outside for intermission, so I never will. Yeah, true. Um, okay, so people also say that when they turn, they see him like go into the alley, right? And then when they turn, mm-hmm. the figure disappears and falls where he was shot. Ew! So like the mist falls? Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, oh, that's scary. I wonder if it like falls in like a way where it kind of reforms for like a split second on the ground to where it looks like maybe like... Like a body. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's another. This is even scarier. Another report, which is like a little more intense, claims to see the figure pull out a gun before falling to the ground because he like turned to like shoot at the FBI. Yeah. But I thought they shot him in the back of the head. Oh, good point. Maybe I'm here <laughs> bunking myths, debunking myths. Maybe um, it's... I'm here to get the, get the, I'm here to get the facts straight. Maybe it's just like the essence of what he would have done. No, that's another thing too, right? It's like, if it's like, I think it's another like ghost rules moment. Mm-hmm. Like we should write a ghost book, a, a ghost rules book. A, a, yeah, manual. Because, <laughs> yeah. Be, <laughs> I think that there's room for that, right? Because like if his intention was, okay, this is like really woo woo. But if his intention was so strong that, you know, if his intention to turn around and shoot at the cops and like save his life were that strong, maybe like his energy Oh, I'm into this theory. Wait. So imagine, okay, so like separate like the energy, like the intentional energy of a figure and the physical body of the figure. Mm -hmm. So John, in the moment that he was shot in the alley, Mm -hmm. his spirit and his intention was was fully like two seconds ahead, turning around and shooting at the cops and saving his life. But his body was too slow. So he got shot in the back of his head. But so and he died. But because his body is no longer there we get to see like what his spirit was really doing. Wanted to do. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, what, like, what is like his like an intentional like energy like aura was doing, but his body couldn't keep <laughs> yeah. up. He's like, y- y'all, like if I had a few more seconds, this is what I could have done. Yeah, or if like, or if like my physical form could keep up with like my... Brain. Yeah, or like my energy form. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I don't know, with I kind of like that. I'm honestly into that. I'm very into that. And also, by the way... Full circle. I think that also gives, um, it sheds an interesting light on where you die versus where you haunt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's again that that separation of spirit and body, right? Where they can be doing different things, they could be in different places, they can be yeah. Okay, I'm like I said, starting my book tonight. Yeah, get this writing. Is, this is groundbreaking. Starting first Colin chapter. Zach Bagans. First chapter. Yeah. John Dillinger. Yeah. Who you used to not like that much because you don't like me. Well, not him specifically, but you don't like don't oh, okay. like like mobster get like criminals, criminals. Yeah, I really <laughs> don't. I really Crime I have. Stories. Listen, I do like what's that movie? Goodfellas. I like Goodfellas <laughs> and I will be very excited for the new mobster movie where Gaga's playing a mobster wife. Have you heard about this? Uh-uh. She's going to be like a mobster wife. Why, like she's going to be like this fabulous Italian yeah. mobster wife woman in this movie. I don't know why anyway, she hasn't so done that before. That Seems like I know, perfect I, role for her. I, I, who knows? But I, sorry to ramble, but I have to tell a story about my great grandfather because it's iconic. Mm, mm-hmm. Basically, I think it was him and his wife or him and his uncle or his friends. I don't know. But basically, I had family that was in a restaurant during an Al Capone shooting because they lived in Chicago. My family's from like, Older, older generations are from Chicago and they were in a restaurant during an Al Capone shooting and they had to go under the table because the glass got shot out while they were eating. Mm, Whoa. That's iconic. 
Wow. Now I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Al Capone was all over Chicago. You know, there's so many mobster stories yeah. in Chicago. Again, mm, don't care for me, but yeah. In addition to seeing apparitions, um, like in the alley and outside in the um on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. people um feel an icy breeze or a sudden chill, um, and a, like a feeling of an uneasiness or being watched while they're in the yeah. alley. Or, <laughs> while they're in the alley or in the theater and people assume it it's the ghost of dillinger but okay. what if he was never killed <laughs> what if he was never killed <laughs> yeah so this is another the theory that we kind of got into earlier oh, but like what yes. if the, so the fbi had had fev- several failed attempts to capture dillinger and made mm-hmm. it look like and, and like he made like kind of total idiots of them so they really did not mm-hmm. like him like, like one time, one story is they arrested his girlfriend inside an inn while Dillinger was right outside. And the arrest alerted Dillinger to to the presence of the FBI. Classic. And, mm-hmm, and so he was able to escape. Or um, another one is randomly shooting at a car that actually had two civilians inside and killed them. Mm-hmm. The police did this. And so it alerted wow. Dillinger to the fact that they were there again. They just like kept like missing him kind of. And so yeah, well, they're not very good at their yeah. jobs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the feds, they were like just pissed at him. So when Anna mm-hmm. Sage called, they were like, we got it. This is our this is our moment. Yeah. Um, but in reality, they could have been duped by a false, a, a, a fake person, yes. a non-John yeah, John. Because no one knew what a <laughs> non-John John. Because no one knew what he looks like. Kind knew, knew what he looked like. Right. His surgery, he, yeah. Which is just okay. so funny to me. During so during the autopsy of the body, mm-hmm. it was revealed the man who died that night had a heart condition that would have kept him out of any sort of armed forces. But Dillinger had served in the Navy, mm-hmm. and upon seeing the body, Dillinger's father reportedly said, "That's not my boy." That's not but my also, boy. he had just had plastic surgery, so. Yeah, but honestly, no. But here's the thing: is like if John said, "I didn't like this." Plastic surgery, I don't look different enough. Then oh, his father true. probably could have recognized him. Also, he probably, I don't know the timeline of all this, but he could have seen his dad by like post-surgery. So his dad probably could have seen his new face. Yeah. He, and that that that's that serving in the army, was it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the Navy. He was in that's, the Navy. That, the Navy. That's interesting. I know, right? And the other thing, though, is that he was shot in his head, I think. So his face would have been pretty default. Like, Marred beyond mar- Yeah, I mean, I assume. I don't know. But wait, there's the real kicker of the autopsy is uh-huh. that the body had a different eye color than Dillinger. So it wasn't John Dillinger. But it's like all who kn- Isn't that like the quintessential though? Like, I mean, you can't change your eye. Well, you couldn't change your eye color back then. Yeah, I think. I mean, you can't Did now, but contacts? you can wear contact lenses. <laughs> no, they def- definitely <laughs> didn't. Um, but I don't know... If they, if he had a different, I mean, was it like a, was it like a, I have gray eyes, I have blue eyes, I have green eyes situation, or was it like literally like, yeah, they said he had brown eyes, but he had blue eyes. I think that. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to re, we'll have That's to uncover the autopsy report. Well, yes, I also <laughs> am interested because I wonder if they would be able to tell if that if like the corpse had maybe like, uh, fingerprints, because he burned off his fingerprints. Yeah. Right. 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 So. Seems like a real easy fix there, Doc. Uh, or perhaps maybe some scars from some face surgery. 
I don't know. I know. I think it's just weird because he was so, he like had so much surgery and did all these like weird things that it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, but not the fingerprints. I'm not budging on that. No, that that is true. I want to That is true. Yeah. Unless that okay, was just well, a well, common practice for people, for criminals. That's true. Who knows? That's true. Also, some people like their fingerprints kind of like go away. I know. Like I my mom just... basically has no fingerprints. Really? Oh my gosh. She my could... mom literally like as a kid, she'd always joke about, she's like, maybe I should just like rob a bank because I have no fingerprints. And I'm like, queen. Oh my gosh, she should. <laughs> Yeah. Theo. Let's go to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) So in 2019, um, because of all these like discrepancies in the autopsy report, Dilly, she, Leah writes Dilly's living relatives. (laughs) This is his nickname. Dilly's living relatives. His family um, tried to get the grave exhumed to do DNA test on the body, but the cemetery where he, the cemetery where he was buried refused permission. Which is also kind of weird. So, um, his it was his niece and nephew who were trying to do this, and they filed a lawsuit. But the judge ruled in favor of the cemetery. Mm. So, if it wasn't Dillinger who was killed, who was it? Mm -hmm. And some theories are that Anna Sage and Polly Hamilton, his girlfriend, set someone up to help Dillinger escape. So, did they like hit? So, did they just bring? Like a random man. Hey, that's where my first, yeah. that's where my brain went exactly. first. So. Which, and I think it makes sense that he would run. Because like the weird thing is like if he was if he was innocent, why did he run? Um, right. But I think it makes sense if um, a bunch of FBI agents are coming at you. Guns, guns. blazing. Also, oh, period. maybe he was already, he was also like some kind of criminal. You know? That's the other thing too because mama everyone was. Uh, yeah. So and with I really do think. Them I'm sure. In that. Yeah. If, if he was if he was friends with all the yeah, guys yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. No I'm in it. I'm That's in it. I fully. I there, because there is literally no. It's such an easy dupe. Mm-hmm, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's such an easy dupe that they had to have done that. Yeah. Right. Because. They had to. And especially because like the FBI was already mad at him. So he, they were like kind of desperate because they had looked like. They, he made them look like publicly like idiots. And so mm-hmm. they were like kind of just desperate to get anyone. And what was the relationship of the woman who like made the deal with the FBI again? He uh, was she was a friend. To... Oh, see, yeah, but here's the thing: you wouldn't do that to your friend. Exactly. So you're gonna, you're, but you're gonna say that you are. Then you're gonna switch him out for a, not a friend. Mm-hmm. And it was with his girlfriend. I think. It yeah, makes sense. I don't know. I they did not catch him. Mm-mm. Some they well, some someone. think that this could act, the the person could actually be Jimmy Lawrence, who was a small time crook, um, and who bore a resemblance to Dillinger. Mm. And then that the FBI did like a massive cover up. Well, which it's been known again, to yeah, they've been known <laughs> to do. <laughs> so interesting, yeah. It just like kind of adds a new layer to the haunting because mm. mm-hmm. it could be someone else, you know. Oh, which would all in some in so many ways be like more of a traumatizing experience and more cause for a residual yeah, because it would just be like an innocent guy who died yeah. and was yeah yeah. So yeah. right, exactly. And I can totally see John Dillinger just like running away and living in, like I don't know, like escaping. You Period. know. Period. I hope he had. Well, I'm not going to glorify him again, but uh, if he did get away, um, hope it was worth it. I'll yeah, I hope it was worth it. So, so yeah. So that's like the the end of the haunting section. I also will go on record and say I'm sure there are more ghosts at the biograph, but like I'm sh- right. Like every every theater has like a bunch of ghosts. Yeah, there. probably. So exactly. So the other, also the the like the 
um, feelings and stuff that people have in the theater and like feeling cold mm-hmm. or like uncomfortable or whatever. Could this could be like other, other people. Yeah, it could be other ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, okay, so should we get into the eerie edition? This is our bonus content for the uh, week. Eerie edition. This one is the superstition about green and blue costumes in theater. Okay, heard of it. Don't know much about it, but I have heard Mm -hmm. of it. So, if you've heard the phrase "being in the limelight," which Mm. is pretty common, this is a reference Mm. to actual light, the original spotlight, which worked by burning a chemical called quicklime. And this chemical did indeed give off a greenish glow. So for this reason, theaters began to avoid green costumes because it made it more difficult to see the actors on the stage. It's like green screen, Mm -hmm. like how you're not supposed to wear green Mm -hmm. for green screen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In 1673, actor and playwright Moliere. Heard of him. uh, Was performing in his play, uh, The Imaginary Invalid. Have you read that? No, I have not. But I know the play. Have you read Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> we know what we're doing tonight. <laughs> um, and so he began coughing on stage uncontrollably. And his cough was actually a result of tuberculosis that he had. Oh, sorry. And he began hemorrhaging. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, but he still finished the performance because the show must go on. Um, and he's Moliere. So. Exactly. And so, but he died a few hours later after the show, still in costume. At the theater. Most likely. Most Had likely, like in his dressing room or something. Hmm. So he died in this co- green costume, right? And then combined mm-hmm. with the practical avoidance of the color green on stage because of the light, uh, mm-hmm. created a superstition that green costumes were unlucky. Love that. And then... I mean, mm-hmm. I will say, <laughs> I have to say it. Uh, when I think green costume, I think of one particular green costume uh, worn in Connective Theater Company's first production, Monthly Spare. <laughs> And I will just say that it tracks that if wearing green, that wearing green is bad yeah, luck. That was an unlucky. Uh, the show went great, but the costume was falling yeah. apart constantly. Yeah. And it was green. That so so I'm here to to tell the yeah. tale and say, don't wear green costumes. Back up the they claim. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm backing up, backing it up. Um, but also blue costumes were considered unlucky because blue dye was the most expensive to purchase so people Mm. kind of just like piled that onto the green thing and said the blue and green costumes were unlucky (laughs) so okay that's a little bit silly because it's like you know i think so they just didn't have to buy it yeah well a fendi purse is expensive but i don't think it's bad luck well no i know i don't but i I think that the like the the producers or whatever were probably like let's just say say it's it's bad bad luck luck because it's expensive yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, budget. How you got a budget? Mm-hmm. Create superstitions around that. Sure. So, um, after people started testing the waters and wearing green and blue costumes without dying on stage, people stopped believing in it. So, <laughs> it's not really a superstition okay. anymore. But like it was in yeah. the. No, that's fun 1700s history. That's fun history. And plus. again, great for trivia. Isn't that wild? I know. And that's how. And then Leah Rose. And that's how the musical Wicked was able to become so successful. <laughs> that is funny yeah so that is the um biograph theater i hope you enjoyed love it yeah interesting little history lesson i love that i know um and as always please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and feel free to check out other ctc podcasts as well 
And if you would like to further support Ghostlight, please rate us and leave us a review on whichever listening platform you're listening to us on now. It really helps a lot with the content we create and also it helps with um, the podcast on the charts. Finally, be sure to follow us on Instagram at ghostlightctc. And should you have any spooky stories you would like to share, theater related or not, feel free to send them our way to ghostlightctc at gmail.com. Yeah, honestly, once we get, once I mean, once we get some of those, we'll have to do like a little like, listener story like listeners episode yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like kind of like read all the stories yeah hopefully we get some good ones thank you so much for listening we love you and don't thank you thank you thank you and don't forget to leave leave the light light on ignore me um but we love wicked Mm -hmm. we talk about a lot no we've talked about it twice in our first uh five episodes here we have i mean it always manages to yeah you talked on the very first episode of the show It just finds it finds a way. Wicked always finds a it way. It does, and I I don't like the hate it gets. Well, I don't. Yeah, it's overdone I think in commercial. Hate, like I understand, but yeah. it's also fun. Well, honestly, now that Hamilton exists, I feel like Hamilton's like the new thing to like scoff at. It, not in the sense of it being like a bad show, but in the sense of like people scoffed at Wicked only because it was like the only show people so talked big. about and the only songs that theater kids sang. Yeah. Um, but Hamilton has taken that over, so now Wicked can be like sung confidently again do you know what I mean (laughs) returned to its glory yeah honestly she deserves a she deserves a it is a fun show I love it I I will I I rarely listen to Wicked but when I listen to Wicked I I listen listen to to Wicked bitch I listen to Wicked (laughs) (laughs) yeah full on concert yep